Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Osmo.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Alex Baker, joined today by Josh Engelman. Uh, Josh, how you doing, man? I'm good, boss. We haven't done a show together in a pretty long time. It's been since uh, football lineup building, so it's nice to have you back. It's an early one for you. You're not. We're not usually breaking you out for this early stuff. <laughs> yeah, the the football lining, lineup building show, man. That, that's a throwback at this point. That was fun. Yeah, I've been living this uh, earlier schedule ever since COVID because I never go out anymore. I don't know if anyone in the chat has experienced that, but I just, yeah, I just never uh, stay up late partying. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just gone. That, that I save, it's like college. Like I sort of save my partying for the weekends again. <laughs> definitely. Last night, I definitely didn't stay up uh, late partying with the slate. I wanted to go to sleep after about a couple hours. Uh, how did you fare? <laughs> so I had a ton of exposure to Charlotte. So in theory, like all of my you are currently winning stuff looked terrible heading <laughs> up to the 10 o'clock start. Um, but I went to bed before it even started. Went really well for ball. And then PJ Washington just took a big dump all over the entire slate. I know, man. PJ Washington, like he might have set the record for the the biggest disparity between points scored in consecutive games because that was a little bit disappointing, especially after his sixty plus fantasy points and everyone was on him too. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of value, so getting mm-hmm. to those mid range guys kind of made everything click. And uh, I had like fifty percent Cody Martin. And I was like, how does this make any sense? But there's only one minute left because <laughs> MV had like made me start all my laps over again. That yeah. worked out okay, but I didn't have sure. any great, great individual lineups. So yeah. I was I was away from Harden last night. Like I was more on Luca than Harden. Harden was more essential. I spread out a little bit more to the centers instead of Jokic. You needed Jokic. So just swing and a miss on both of those decision points. Yeah, Harden, Jokic, that was pretty much what you needed. And Embiid, 
I, I ended up with a lot of Embiid. I'm like, no one's going to have him now. But then yeah. it was a blowout, so he didn't play the fourth quarter. That was that was real disappointing. Yeah, I had like 15, 20% on FanDuel. I, I, I liked him if he was going to be in, although I was a little nervous. But I thought that might be a good spot to get him with lower ownership. Turns out it didn't matter. I just needed Jokic because he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, the, the, he did have low ownership, so that at least was a good, a good read. Guys, if you could hit that thumbs up button, that will give us the positive feedback we need to uh, give you all the best takes for today. Also, our sponsor is No House Advantage. They combine DFS style contests with prop betting. And I mean, with prop betting, like you usually have to bet against the house. You can get limited if you're good. And playing against just your average Joe Smo makes it a lot easier so no house advantage is the best place to to do these uh prop betting contests now they uh have a promo code osmo going on that you get a first match bonus of up to twenty dollars so make sure to check out nohouseadvantage.com and in the app store our first game we got memphis at washington so Two uh, two teams that tend to be pretty fantasy-friendly matchups, so this one could be a fun one. On the Memphis side, the injury situation, we got Grayson Allen. He was out last game, and he continues to be out today. We saw in his place, Desmond Bain got the start. Um, I think uh, we got a lot of decent options, but no one's really jumping out as amazing at Memphis. Who are you going to be looking at on the Grizzlies here? So the, the trickiest part of this game is going to be whether or not Kyle Anderson plays. He is sick, but not COVID sick. So I, I guess that's a, that's a good thing. Um, if he's in, I think this team is really complicated. Uh, with Grayson Allen out, they've got so many like-type guys, whether that's Dylan Brooks, whether that's Justice Winslow, who's back now, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, I'm confused as to where I want to give the, the the true minutes. They played three, let's see. In their last game, 13 guys saw the floor. I don't even think that's possible, but for some reason that happened. Uh, they have a really deep rotation. Nobody plays like crazy high minutes. We see a lot of dudes that get into this mid to high 20s range that ends up being problematic. But if Desmond Bain sees the starting lineup again, he's the flat min on FanDuel. He's 3,400 on DraftKings. I think that's a pretty natural spot to get value. Honestly, even if he doesn't start, he probably plays around 24 minutes and looks okay. But I think the minutes upside is there. Justice Winslow looks like a value play, but I don't think he has the actual minutes upside. I guess that would be a, a question that I'd like to, uh, to give to you. For guys like Justice Winslow in this spot, where on a point-per-dollar basis, he's going to project pretty solidly, but he doesn't really have a right tail because I don't think that he has any sort of ability to fall into extra minutes. They're going to limit him. Do you handle that any differently in your process? Well, it depends how many games they're coming off the injury. Justice Winslow was out a ton of games to start the season. But uh, this past game, he played uh, pretty decent minutes. So I'm pulling up the, the game flow here. So this one was a blowout. So they pulled Winslow at the seven-minute mark. And in the first uh, half, he played, let's see, this is uh, 11 minutes. So he was on pace for 22 minutes, yeah. which is pretty decent. And if uh, after a couple of days they feel like he's even 
in better shape, I think that Justice Winslow is going to get more and more usage throughout the season or more playing time because he is uh, one of their highest paid players, so they have incentive. But now that he's healthy, it's run him out there. There's also this team option for next year that's $13 million. Now, if he was a good player, that would be a bargain price. So they want to kind of test him out throughout the season, I'm sure. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about Justice Winslow um, okay. now that we have all these games under uh, his belt. But the price tag has gone up. The 3900 in DraftKings, 4400 on FanDuel. So it's not like you're getting in a crazy value. It's just not someone I would avoid either. Okay. Uh, the thing, I guess I buried the lead a little bit. Favorite play from Memphis is certainly Ja, 7,100 on FanDuel, 7K on DraftKings. He's picking up a bunch of ownership. He's around 30% on both sites, and I completely agree with it. This price tag, his play style against uh, the fastest team in the league in Washington, I, I think this plays right into Ja Morant's hands. I'm curious your thoughts on Morant. Yeah, he looks great. I mean, this is a matchup where Memphis is projected to score 119 points. They don't usually score 119 points, so right. we got to be looking at their main guys. John Morant, far and away the best uh, on the team, so I think he's a really solid option. Uh, Joe Val as well. I mean, they're really high usage and uh, rebounder, so he looks pretty solid. And Dylan Brooks is always an interesting option just because he has that mid-price point that makes him easy to fit in. Now, if Kyle Anderson was out today, I think Brandon Clark <laughs> – could see the start he's been coming off the bench but his price tag isn't anything that's going to make you uh want to slam him in, in dfs so i think um that'll be the injury news to, to look out for yeah if kyle anderson is out they got plenty of other guys off the bench that could see the extra minutes uh backing up clark so I don't really see that news as particularly like pivotal for tonight's slate. And it's the first game, so we'll have that at lock. Yeah, which is very helpful. I, I mean, t- I uh, I just filled out my answers in the strategy syllabus right now. I have Memphis as my favorite team to own today. I'm curious nice. your thoughts. I mean, they are picking up quite a bit of ownership. I assume that they are the chalkiest team. I have not looked. But to me, I think Memphis uh, looks the best just because of this matchup against Washington. I think they look good. Um I honestly, I'm kind of looking at all these teams as we're going through, but okay, I, I don't see any players that are really standing out as like must plays tonight. And we see that in the ownership. John Morant is the highest projected own player on DraftKings at 30%, but that's only 30% on a six game slate. So I think that there is no team that's really like a must have yet. Of course, okay. if some more shoes drop, then we might have that emerge and um on the on the wizard side i mean beal and westbrook are always the guys we're looking at and i feel like the sites probably are worried that one of these guys will sit sooner or later so the other pricing on the team isn't particularly good so mm-hmm. let's start with westbrook and beal how are you handling them tonight so they're basically like sort of flip-flopped on both sites. Westbrook is 9,600 on FanDuel, but he's 10-1 on DraftKings. Beal, though, is 10-2 on FanDuel and 9,700 on DK. So their prices are sort of inverse on each site. I like Russ a lot on FanDuel, quite a bit more than Beal, just because he's cheaper. Uh, the ownership is already there. 
Russ is projected for 30% ownership on FanDuel. I agree with it. Beal around 20. I agree with it. They're both around 20 on DraftKings. I think both of those are spot on. These are just guys that you have to have on a six game slate. I, I think they're probably slightly underpriced depending on which guy I'm talking about and which site, but I, I don't really see a way to not have them as at the minimum, like core pieces to pay up for. They look good. And you said it uh, at the jump, there's not much else here that stands out. It's Beal and Westbrook on tier one. And then the next tier that Washington shows up is like four or five. You know, if you want to get a little bit of Rui, cause he plays big minutes, I understand it on a six gamer. He doesn't look great. He looks fine. Um, similar story for like, is Bertans get any additional minutes? Probably if he doesn't, then it's not all that entertaining. It's really just Westbrook and Beal. Yeah. I did see someone in the chat mentioning Bertan's price is rising, which has been surprising because he's been on a minutes limit uh, as far as if I recall correctly. So I do think he could see more minutes in this game, but still his price is high enough that you'd have to really get a ton of run to, to be considered. The other thing that's frustrating about Washington is in four of the last five games, they've had a three-man center, center rotation with Wagner, Lopez, and Len. If they cut that down to two, I think one of them would be a nice value. But as it is, I can't really recommend any of the three. What do you think of their centers? Uh, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Um, and the minutes, it seems like Robin Lopez's minutes are the most consistent, but he's also like a 0.8 fantasy point per minute guy normally. So if he's just getting consistently 23 minutes, I'm going to consistently not put him in my lineups. Um, like Mo Wagner would be the guy you would want to get to, but I don't think that he's going to play enough to become relevant. And then Len seems to just get like one rotation. So yeah, uh, because of the way they're running this rotation, I don't see it as all that viable to get to any centers from Washington, which is kind of a shame. I wish they would yeah. just run two centers. It seems like a team where we should have some nice center value, but it hasn't really materialized. Yeah. Now, the next game, Atlanta at Miami. Uh, we have Jimmy Baller questionable for this one. So he sat the last game, and Kendrick Nunn had a big performance that, that won people a bunch of money. Now let's talk if Butler is in. I mean, I think that uh, isn't great for anyone, but particularly Kendrick Nunn, maybe like Kelly Olenek, who needs to get those closing minutes. Um, and then Dragic, I feel like his his minutes won't be quite as secure. And then Hero didn't see quite as many minutes last game, even with Butler out. So I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, this is a tough team to get to. What are you thinking about the Heat today? Well, obviously everything hinges upon Butler as of right now. And based on what I can see from your projections, we are both assuming that he is in for right now. And if they are at full strength, they become really kind of hard to get to now. A lot of these guys have seen their prices rise with Hero being out for extended amounts of time. Um, I guess my favorite guy coming out of this game is probably Bam, who's picking up a ton of ownership on FanDuel right now at 8,700 totally get it. Why wouldn't you want to pay up for Bam? But I don't really see anybody here that I would call a really good value. I I greatly prefer getting to the Memphis guys than anything from Miami. Bam, Butler, Hero, Olenek. Those are really the only four guys that I could see getting to with any sort of regularity, but not, not a single one of those guys looks like a priority to me. Agreed. Yeah. Bam does look pretty intriguing. 
Uh, even with Butler in, so Butler doesn't play, I think Bam will be a very solid play, yeah. particularly in Fanduel, just because uh, he'll have more of that playmaking responsibility. So that'll be a nice bump for him. Uh, this is. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The 7.30 p.m. Eastern game. So we should have plenty of warning if Butler doesn't play tonight. But there is a possibility that we'll get that news at lock. So that'll be something to pay attention to. Now, if Butler's out, is there anyone that you feel like would be a, uh, a good target on the Heat? Let's see. Tyler Hero is 6K on FanDuel. Dragic is 5,400. Nunn is 5,800 on DraftKings. Very similar pricing to all of those guys. I mean, I think Kendrick Nunn is then still viable. I don't think they're going to ramp up Goran Dragic's minutes to anything too crazy if Butler is out. I think they just their their entire priority should be making sure that he is able to play in the playoffs. They don't need to run him into the ground. They kind of know what they have with him. Probably, you know, Hero's going to get a bump. I think 6K would be a reasonable price tag for him. Bam is probably the guy. I think he just picks up a little bit more usage, a little bit more facilitation, and just becomes sort of the key hub for Miami. So if Butler is out, Bam's the first guy I'm looking at. And I think the rest of the guys would only just still be marginal values. Agreed. Now, on the Atlanta side, uh, the tough matchup versus Miami where they're underdog and only projected for 108 points. So... That's making the overall outlook for the team not that exciting. But they do have some really solid fantasy players, starting with Trey Young. The only thing is uh, his price is a little bit down for the matchup at 9600 and 9400 on FanDuel. But I don't know if that's quite enough to, <clears throat> to get to in, in fantasy, except as maybe a deep dart throw. So how are you feeling about Trey Young tonight? My microphone fell out of its mic stand. Oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to get it so it doesn't fall back on top of me again. Nice. It is way too jacked up right now. Uh, so for Trey Young, we're, we're good now. I got this. I got, that was really uncomfortable for a second. We'll, uh, we'll get this figured out once I throw it back over to you. Uh, for Trey Young, 9,400, 9,600. I think those prices are both fine. It's not a great spot against Miami. Probably looks a little bit better if Jimmy Butler ends up out. So I've got my eye on Trey Young. I've got my eye on uh, Kevin Herter, at least a little bit, 5,300 on FanDuel. Those are the only two guys picking up any double-digit ownership, single digits across the board for Atlanta on the DK side. But I think the biggest question for this game is, does anything change? Coach got fired yesterday. Nate McMillan in. All bets are off as far as I'm concerned. I assume he maintains the status quo through the all-star break, but I think that we could see Atlanta look like a very different team coming back out of the break. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy that they they cut um, cut Lloyd Pierce after such a, a small number of games. So that will definitely be uh, something to look out for. So, like, if the minutes are shaken up considerably after today's game, then we'll have to use that to kind of make predictions for future rotations. So, yeah. I mean, one guy that 
I'm just completely speculating here, but Onyeka Akongwu was one of their first rounders this year, or was their first rounder. He's barely been playing. I mean, maybe he could see some more minutes. Like, that's really the only guy that I feel like could be hugely affected. But I don't think that's a factor tonight. Um, And the one thing that's been tough to peg with Atlanta has been that at the uh, power forward and center position, they have this rotation of Collins, Capella, and Gallo. Gallo has been getting um, more minutes in the last two games, and he's been playing real well. So that's been eating into the minutes of Collins and Capella. But is that something that's just like Gallo is playing out of his mind, and we should expect that uh, his playing time to go back down and the other guys go back up? Or is this the new normal where, like they said, Gallo would have that 30 minute limit at one point, like a couple of weeks ago. And since then he's been getting pretty good minutes. So what do you make of the situation? I, this is the trickiest dude in the world to peg down because his minutes are everywhere. Last five games, 19 and a half, 25, 33 and a half, 23 and 21. I don't, I'm, I have no idea what they're doing here with Gallo's minutes. You would think they'd play him more, but at the same time, they don't really have the positional flexibility to do so. If you're trying to play your five best guys and Gallo is one of those five, then he kind of ends up having to play the three, which he can't do defensively at all, which is problematic. So I think that you kind of just have to shoot for the middle and his minutes projection. And if that's enough to get him in your lineups, great. But I, he strikes me as a guy that it's basically impossible to peg him as a guy you want to have a lot of because he could just as easily go out there and play 20 minutes because they play Solomon Hill more. Yeah, definitely. He's not someone you can feel very confident in, that's for sure. So no. um, he does stand out as maybe one of the better price players on the team, though. Yeah, I like the 5K price tag on FanDuel, 4,900 on DraftKings. There is value to be found there, but uh, the the error bars on his minute projection are pretty high. (laughs) Definitely. All right, before our next game, I want to mention that, you know, on the website we have all these tools that you can get to to help you with your NBA games. So uh, you can add to your arsenal the player projections, which I'm using every day, and the ownership um the boom bust tool which gives you the range of outcomes in addition we have the game plan show which is for members only talking about the the tools behind the paywall and how we're building lineups that day and then we also have the slack chat where you can get on bounce ideas off of all the other guys that are advanced hobbyists and then the guys that you see on these shows a lot of high level conversation in there I mean, a little bit of trolling, too, but it's all in good fun. Trolling? Um, Never. (laughs) One of our key features on Slack is on the NBA Breaking News channel, El Negro Loco, uh, or formerly known as ENL, now News God. He's uh, dropping in alerts uh, when there is urgent information. So if you hear your phone buzzing at like 8.30 p.m., you look it down, it's like News God's telling you, you got to change up your lineups. So... That's uh that's been something that's helped me because if you send notifications to Twitter, like you get a ton of yeah. uh, news that might not be as newsworthy. That really helps uh, emphasize the points that you're really gonna have to change your items. So next game we got Clippers in Boston. <clears throat> so the Clippers, we've had a nice stretch where Kawhi and Paul George have both been healthy. Kawhi's even playing back-to-backs these days, which has been an interesting development. 
Uh, today's not one, but I thought that was uh, encouraging. So uh, Kawhi and Paul George have been the main guys targeted fantasy, I'd say. Uh, when they're both in, they aren't quite as appealing, though. And you have this matchup versus Boston, which I think is one of the tougher ones for fantasy. So are you looking at Kawhi and Paul George as lineup pieces today? Yes. Um, and they are the only two Clippers that I think are all that viable outside of maybe a little bit of Batum, which is disgusting. Paul George is 7,900 on FanDuel. Like that price is just incorrect. We saw him get a minutes bump the last time out. So we know that it's in the cards that he can get back to his normal style of run. He played 37 and a half minutes uh, on the 28th of February. Previous to that, he'd been averaging about 29 and a half. So we know that he can get there. I went with 34 today, so I'm trying to still be a little bit pessimistic because he's going to be in for 36 in any sort of competitive game once he's at full strength. At 34, I think he looks great. Even if it's 32, I still think because of that $7,900 price tag, it's basically impossible to get away from on FanDuel. I like both guys on DraftKings too. 8,800 for Kawhi, 8,400 for Paul George. Both of those prices seem fine. They are picking up a little bit of ownership as they should. Nothing too crazy, nothing I want to get away from. I actually think they're mildly under-owned, given what I'm looking at right now. It's a tough spot. Uh, I mentioned it in the process show, or maybe it was uh, contenders. I can't keep up with anything. I I do a lot of content in the morning, too, on something that I talked on. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George are sort of like the dream scenario for what Boston has. This is just like the, the younger version of those two guys in Tatum and Brown. So I'm anxious to see how that matchup looks. But for right now, because of the prices, it's really difficult to not look at Kawhi and Paul George, even in a tough matchup. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the price on Paul George stands out, as you mentioned, and he has averaged more minutes over the year to date than the last 15 games. So that is a sign that maybe his minutes will go back up to a higher level than he's been seeing. So I think that's a good call. And then uh, I think their price point just being a little bit less than the top tier might be a little bit easier to fit in given we don't have a ton of value on today's slate yet. What about the other guys? I know you said you didn't like them, but I'm looking at Patrick Beverly, 3,800 on DraftKings. Uh, That's a low price for a starter, even though he hasn't been getting a lot of run. He just kind of fits, and we don't have any other guys in that price range that that are look great either. So I'm looking at him, maybe like a, a decent piece. Do you have any yeah. confidence in Beverly? Confidence? No, not so, <laughs> not, not so much. Uh, I do agree with you pointing out Beverly. Beverly and Batum are the only guys that aren't shaded in aggressive red for me for this game, <laughs> yeah. other than the two studs. Beverly sneaks in as a mild value at 3,800. Same sort of story for Batum. Two guys that I'm not really all that enamored with having a lot of, but on a slate where there's not a ton of value, this is how those value plays end up looking in the morning. You see guys that maybe aren't going to be like, if we get one or two pieces of value that come out in the sub 4,500 range that are going to pick up starter minutes, the interest in someone like Patrick Beverly or Nick Batum just immediately goes down by default. Nothing has changed about Patrick Beverly's scenario. We just have other places that we can efficiently spend our money right now. We don't really have them in all that free. Like there's not a lot of frequency in value today. So $3,800 Pat Bev playing somewhere around 24 minutes, maybe more just because of the matchup. I don't know. I get it. I assume that by the time we get closer to lock, his ownership comes down back into the single digits and he just becomes a guy that gets cycled through at 3,800. 
Yeah, agreed. Uh, definitely not someone that looks great. And yeah. uh, if there's some injuries, he'll kind of move down that pecking order. Now, on the Boston side, Jalen Brown is questionable. When he missed the last game, we saw Tatum and Walker be the chalk, and they kind of delivered pretty decently. Uh, but it's hard to tell if Brown's going to be in or out because he only missed one game. So let's start. If Brown is in, how are you feeling about the Celtics tonight? This is a really weird situation. So they're basically the opposite of the Clippers. I don't have all that much interest in Tatum and Brown. It's the other guys on Boston that are potentially decent to me. Kemba Walker, 6,800 on FanDuel, 7,300 on DraftKings. He's picking up no ownership on DK right now. Um, I'd be interested in him as more of a contrarian play. On FanDuel for 6,800, because you have to roster two point guards on a six-game slate, I think he's actually a, a, a tad under-owned right now. And then Daniel Tice, he's sneaky playing a lot of minutes as of late. And I don't. when I tried to project out these rotations earlier today, I had extra minutes going around that I couldn't figure out what to do with and I tried to be even pessimistic with Tice. So I want to, I'm curious what your thoughts are on Tice right now, because he's showing up as a really nice value play to me, but uh, we're a little different on Tice's outlook. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a guy that he's averaged 25 minutes a game on the year. Uh, over the last five games, he's been seeing elevated minutes. So that's been nice to see. I don't, I feel like he's not a great points per minute guy uh especially now that he's playing power forward a lot so i'm not super excited but i see on FanDuel his price point of 4900 is a little bit more affordable now if uh brown was out does that change significantly the way you're approaching boston tonight yeah probably i think it has to at least a little bit we're, we're gonna see other guys show up as value and it seems like they have this revolving door of dudes that start when one of these main guys is out, whether it's, it ends up being Javante green or it was Carson Edwards once when Brown was out, it was green this last time he ended up playing North of 30 minutes. Um, so if Brown is out, I think we have to be looking at Javante green. If he gets another start, he's the flat minimum on FanDuel, the flat minimum on DraftKings. Even if he's got a terrible projection, a starter at the flat minimum, I mean, he's going to be at least some sort of value play on a six game slate. So that would be one of the first places I would look sort of just who ends up being the starter in Brown's stead. That guy is just probably going to be a decent value. If it's Peyton Pritchard at 3,900 on FanDuel and 3,700 on DraftKings, I think that is viable as well. The the Tice piece is the trickiest piece for me. 0.85 FanDuel points per minute over his last 30 days. That's lower than what I think his normal rates are. That's about where I have him. He's the trickiest piece for me, but I don't think his minutes or outlook changes whether Brown is in or out. It's really just sort of what guard shows up in his place, and then we give a bump to Kemba and a bump to Jason Tatum from a usage perspective because Jalen Brown has been using the basketball this year. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think Kemba's price at 6800 on FanDuel is pretty appealing if Brown's out. And then Javante Green, yeah, he played tons of minutes last game. But, man, this guy doesn't produce in any category. Like, his usage on the year is 12%. His assist rate is... Um... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 4.4% and his rebounding rate is like 7%. So I'm just like, I mean, this is classic Boston where like they love these guys like Sammy Ojale that just yeah. don't really produce a lot of points per minute. So I think uh, a 3K... I have noticed that um, guys that are 3K really do make a difference in your lineup construction. So even if he's projected for like 15 fantasy points, that could be enough to, to make him a priority. 3,500 on FanDuel is a little bit of a higher bar to, to get to. We probably get this question a lot, so I'll throw this out there for the public. For a 3K guy like Javante Green, um, what would be your what's your goal score for him in a GPP? Like, what do you think he needs to be helpful? In a lot of target score type questions. Yeah, definitely. It, it depends how many other guys that are playable at that salary. Because really, you're sure you're you just want the highest scoring three K player. And I haven't seen anyone at that price tag that that has looked good. So I'd say, like, if you get twenty. Uh, or more like that's probably enough to make it worthwhile. Okay. Just because it's not like you're playing Javante green, hoping that he wins the slate for you, hoping the other guys you have because of him are going to win it for you. So we saw that last night where Harden plus Jokic was the winning combo. You have to get the, the min price guys to, to be able to pull that off. Yep. All right. So uh, next game uh, we got Nick's at San Antonio. So the Knicks, Alfred Payton is doubtful again today. And the guy who's been benefiting a lot has been Derek Rose. He's seen uh, elevated minutes starting our point guard and quickly really hasn't gotten it going. He's been relegated to pretty much the same role that he had with Payton or, or maybe even worse. So what are you making of this new starting lineup for the Knicks? Oh, gosh. Well, the biggest question is going to be, does Nerlens Noel continue to play 40 minutes a game with <laughs> yeah. uh, Mitchell Robinson and Taj Gibson out? Because if he does, then you have to play him, but you have to play him anyway. He's the he's the main priority. Clearly not projecting him for 40 minutes or anything close to it, but basically anything over 30 is going to look pretty good across both sites, especially on FanDuel where he's power forward eligible. RJ Barrett is a guy that I probably get to a little bit more than the field on the regular. Um, I'm okay with that. You know, Julius Randle looks really good, probably a 38-minute-a-game guy. It's it's rare to get a lot of guys projected north of 36, but Randle's certainly one of those guys. Derrick Rose at 30 minutes, I think, is also pretty viable. I don't, like, I don't get to the Knicks all that frequently, but today against San Antonio, these starters that are going to be pulling north of 30 minutes are, are pretty important for the slate, Nerlens Noel in particular. Yeah, Noel's minutes have been insane. I mean... He's played uh, like 40 minutes in the last two games, like you mentioned, with Taj out. You'd think their backup plan wouldn't just be Taj Gibson, <laughs> but it apparently was. So uh, what we saw is Obi Topin got more minutes, uh, and they, they went to a nine-man rotation instead of 10 men, which has been a lot different than the rest of the year. They do have two guys that could potentially uh, join the rotation, in Rivers and Knox, but... Rivers not being in it has been a little bit of a surprise, but I don't really see Mitchell Robinson and Taj being out as 
a reason he would play. So I think Noel is probably one of the better values on today's slate. Yeah. I agree. Um, and Randall and Barrett, I think, are solid. Barrett's been seeing more minutes in the past couple because he's backed up by Frank Nielakina now, and that doesn't hurt anyone's minutes. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So well, apparently, it hurts uh, Austin Rivers' minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Like, uh, what about other guys like Burks? We got Topin as maybe he's one three K guy that you could look at today uh, on DraftKings, and then quickly. His salary is still high, but we've seen flashes from him. It's just the minutes haven't been there. Yeah, they just he just won't play quickly. I, I don't understand it. It makes no sense. Well, I mean, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's Tibbs. He's, he doesn't do things well, and that's why his teams <laughs> fail. Uh, yeah, over the past five games, quickly, 16, 13, 20, 13, and 9 minutes. Uh, to me, I can't get there. Only guy that I would be interested in would be Alec Burks. He's 4,400 on FanDuel, 4,700 on DraftKings. You're going to need some hot shooting. His minutes are going to be are sort of just stuck in that mid twenties range when it works out well. My main focus is just going to be in that big four from from the Knicks, and I use that term big four loosely. The the four guys that play a lot for the Knicks. I don't want to <laughs> equate talent to all four of them because that would just be rude. I feel like the Knicks have taken a step forward this year. Um, they're not the the bottom of the league anymore. They're in fact uh, fourth in the East. So. They've been making some progress here. You'll love to see it, especially if um, if you have some top shots of these guys. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like Randall should be in consideration for most improved player because yeah. like his he's been getting way more assists than last year, and that's kind of a step forward in his game. But Jeremy Grant has been the favorite of that. I just feel like even though I'm a Pistons fan, I feel like Randall might have made a bigger jump. Now on I'm, the I'm with you. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what these uh, these uh, Ozmakers are seeing in Grant, but he's been good too. Scoring, this... it's just say he just scores a lot. Yeah, nobody yeah, cares he... about assists for a big man, but Randall has been on another level. Yeah. Uh, on the Spurs side, uh, we have Keldon Johnson questionable for this one. He was ruled out yesterday due to conditioning, so I think that um, it's. Uh, it's going to be tough to know if he plays or not, but we got the news pretty far in advance. So if Calvin Johnson's back today, do you think that impacts anyone or is that a non-factor? I, I certainly think it impacts guys like Trey Lyles, Lucas Samanich, Kata Bates-Jop, probably Kata Bates-Jop first. Uh, Pop had a quote that, he expects Keldon Johnson to be back faster than most people that had the same sort of uh, problems as him. I don't get the sense we're going to see him. I think that these guys are going to potentially be on ice through the all-star break. I don't know. I mean, they probably don't want to play shorthanded. Spurs are pretty good this year. Uh, well, you know, good enough to be like in the mix for playoff spots and stuff. So I am treating it as if he's not playing for right now, along with the rest of these guys, but he is the one guy that I think would have a pretty big impact in some of the ownership. I don't think it would really affect uh, like Lonnie Walker, DeRozan, Patty Mills all that much, but it would sort of remove any real interest in Trey Lyles or Lucas Samanich. I I feel like they might ease him in a little bit more because of the COVID situation. And he, since he's ruled out for conditioning, I don't know if he'd be like, if he played today, if he'd, I think you just take one of the rotations of Bates or Samanich. That's yeah. my guess. We did get a super chat from ghetto farmer boy. So thank you. Ghetto farmer boy says, Hey guys, if I play a single entry, should I stick 
if I play one lineup, I think should I stick to single entry GPP versus max 20 versus 150 or not necessarily? Uh, so I think that's a great question. I'll, I'll let you take a swing at this one. I think that uh, I, I hope I end up right here. If I'm not, we'll cut this audio and we'll only go with whatever you say. But in this scenario, if you're only playing one lineup, first and foremost, a, a little bit of it comes down to what your goals are, what your bankroll is. If this is just fun money to you and it's not all that big of a deal, I don't really mind throwing it into uh, as a single bullet into some of the larger field stuff. If you're just trying to have some fun and maybe hit a big score, I think that's fine. If you're really trying to work your way towards building a bankroll, then I think that you want to try to stick to contests where what you're entering is the same sort of max amount of entries that anybody else could have. So I think that'll make it a little bit easier for you. We won't have you know Alex having 150 entries in a single entry contest, so that's going to be a little bit easier. But if you are playing just one lineup and you're looking to you know slowly grind out your bankroll, then I think entering that into a single entry or like a three max would be your best bet. But it sort of depends on your bankroll size and what you're looking to get out of DFS. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the one uh, point I'd make in addition is not all contests are equally like tough. So. Yeah. Single entry, as you're saying, like because like the grinders can't play 150 lineups a night, that means that the player pool isn't as sharp in those contests. You're just going to get a better ROI with any lineup in those contests because the field's not as tough. And then we can kind of make some tiers of different contests, like beginner contests usually have softer fields, uh, et cetera. 20 max uh, large field might be next and then the 150 max uh, large field. So uh, the larger the number of unique players in a contest, uh, I think the better off you are. Yeah. All right. The rest of the Spurs, <clears throat> we've been seeing DeJounte Murray and DeRozan get a lot of run recently um, with some of these guys out. The matchup versus the Knicks is not that encouraging though. So I'm looking at them as maybe just a sprinkling in some lineups, but not core pieces. Do you see anything there? Uh, kind of. I am pretty interested in 4K Trey Lyles on FanDuel. Uh, I think that works as a value play. Uh, similarly on DraftKings, like we have them at 1.6% ownership. That's a contrarian spot that I'd be okay to get to on a day where we don't have any value. I think that goes away when stuff opens up, but on FanDuel with having to roster two power forwards, I think that's a reasonable spot to go. If Keldon Johnson ends up out, um, Lonnie Walker is picking up some ownership on FanDuel. I think that's more than warranted 4,200 playing big minutes with these guys out, but boy, does he not get fantasy points on a per minute basis? He's like a 0.7 guy. That is truly atrocious. And then Patty Mills is like the, is pretty chalky on FanDuel 29, percent ownership right now 3900 on FanDuel he's 4700 on DraftKings so that is a distinctly different price tag across both sites but he has to be looked at as a pay down option on FanDuel really no matter what happens with Keldon Johnson that's just a value play at you know close to 30 minutes great yeah Mills and Walker look really solid on FanDuel uh so I think they're they're going to be good plays there yeah. And then the price disparity is pretty big on those guys on DraftKings. So they're a little overpriced on those sites or on DraftKings. Now, one guy that's seen his price go down is Lamarcus Aldridge, but he's also seen his role shift significantly where now he's backing up Hurdle off the bench. So yeah. uh, with this being a back-to-back, I feel pretty 
confident that he won't see a lot of minutes, I guess would be the best way to say it. Or I don't feel confident that he would see more minutes than he's been seeing. So what are you expecting out of Aldridge? I don't even think it's out of the realm of possibility that he doesn't play today. I I think that is a, uh, an outcome that is fully on the table, especially if we do get Keldon Johnson back. That's just, you know, one additional body that can soak up half of what Aldridge is doing. Played 15 minutes their last time out, which was yesterday. I'd be obvious and in an overtime game, no less. I would be shocked if he's playing like well north of 20 minutes or even anywhere close to like his normal run. And at that price tag, it's not a place that I want to be, but I would keep my eye on it. It, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest for him to just be ruled out for rest on a back-to-back. I mean, he's got like an actual long-term hip injury. This is not just like, oh, sprained finger. He's been out a bit. Cardio's down. His hip is legitimately a problem. Yeah, I think if he's out, then Pirtle could be a good option on FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, Drew Banks would probably rejoin the starting rotation. Or sorry, the he'd back up Pirtle. And that's where a lot of the minutes would go. He's not that exciting, though. All right, guys. So uh, if you like the strategy show, but you also like listening to stuff in podcasts, make sure to hit up our podcast network, awesomeo.com slash podcast. You can get pretty much any show that's not a live before lock on podcasts. So check that out. And you can also win a free month uh, or sorry, a free week of awesome. Plus if you uh, re- enter a review, um, of our podcast and hopefully it's five stars <laughs> and then uh <laughs> also odd shopper is our odds comparison tool 80 percent of you guys said that finding the best odds for the bet you want to make is important to you and this is the tool that shows you all of the u.s books that are available in your state and we have a new feature on the uh, player props where you can see the projection and our projected win percentage for those props. So that's a really nice tool to help you guys find some winning bets. Denver at Milwaukee. So we saw yesterday, Jokic went nuts. And I think with Gary Harris, Jermichael Green, and Paul Millsup out, that kind of creates uh, an opportunity for him to maybe steal a little bit more usage, assists, et cetera. So do you see Jokic as another top play tonight? Yeah, I like him more today than I did yesterday, which feels really great that I'm just chasing that performance. But it's Jokic. I mean, he's been absolutely insane, like a 1.6 fantasy point per minute guy this season and over the last 30 days. Uh, He's picking up ownership on both sides. He certainly should. He's one of the best payoff options you can find. Um, The only thing that really slows him down is just having only center eligibility where some of the other payoff guys, you, you could be a little bit more wide in your rostering spots, like someone like Giannis, for example. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very happy to get to Jokic. I'm happy to get to really this entire starting lineup. They're playing big minutes. I don't really see a ton of minutes coming in for some of these other guys other than, I know PJ Dozier became like the chalk du jour yesterday that didn't go well at all. I think that's probably going to happen at least a little bit again today at 3,200 on DK, but Jokic, Murray, Porter, Barton, Morris. I mean, these guys should play 32 plus minutes, potentially 34, 36, (laughs) even more. Uh, They have no problem running these guys out in, in any sort of aggressive manner. Ownership is coming into most of these guys outside of Jamal Murray, who really never pulls that sort of ownership, but uh, Jokic, Porter and Barton all look like, guys that are going to be pretty tightly in my core on FanDuel. Murray and Morris are probably a step behind that. I think they're all a little bit closer to each other on DraftKings just because of the MPE. 
Um, it's hard for anybody to just truly separate from the pack. Everything flattens out a bit, but the starting five for Denver in this spot, I, I don't really see how you get away from them, particularly with this, this game total. I think I had it at 236 last I looked. Only two games up this high, the, the Wizards game as well. Everything else is in sort of the low 220s or even the 210s. So I, I can't see a way where you bet against the minutes for Denver. Definitely. Those five guys that are starting uh, have had pretty secure minutes now that the rotation is a little bit tighter. Yeah. So like that call, <clears throat> it is a big difference between DraftKings and FanDuel today where Porter and Barton look like really good plays on FanDuel, but they're priced up on DraftKings. Yeah. Monty Morris looks pretty solid on both. And then PJ Dozier, as you mentioned, uh, he was a little bit popular yesterday. Now... I feel like um, he put okay. He played 18 minutes, so that that's not bad. That's something we can work with. But they they Vladko cancer 20 minutes, so I yeah. mean like there it's pretty clear there's other guys that are just gonna soak up some minutes that might not be very good. So I don't know. I, I don't feel great about Dozier. No, neither do I. Um, I. I would guess that their goal is to play Dozier more minutes than Vlako Kankar, but I don't know if that really happens. Do you get to uh, our boy Vlatko at all today? <laughs> no, he's not really a fancy uh, stalwart, I guess. Yeah. Only about two-thirds of a point per minute, so nothing really there, but uh, maybe someday. Now, on the Milwaukee side, uh, this is a tougher matchup for them than average, so we might see a few more minutes out of some of the key guys like Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday came back last game, but he played very limited minutes, so I'm not expecting him to be fantasy playable today. Now, how do you feel about Giannis and Middleton uh, with the matchup being a little tougher today? So I love Giannis on both sites. Uh, He's picking up the ownership and I think he deserves it. I I don't have a single problem getting to him. I think he's actually the best payup option across FanDuel and DraftKings. He just does so much. And we're getting basically the best fantasy point per minute guy in the league, finally playing the amount of minutes that you want a starter to play. He's playing 36 minutes a game. He's been at 1.75 FanDuel points per minute over the last 30 days. That's just insane. So I am very, very happy to be concentrating some ownership on Giannis uh, on either FanDuel or DK. Chris Middleton is a different story. If you're playing on FanDuel, you're going to like him a lot. He's 7,400, position works, looks really good. He's 8,300 on DK. I don't see that as a spot where you want to get really heavy on someone like Middleton. The spot where you want to go on DraftKings from Milwaukee is Brooke Lopez, cheaper than he is on FanDuel playing, you know, just shy of 30 minutes, maybe more in a game like this with Jokic out on the floor. They go to Brooke Lopez a little bit more than uh, having Bobby Portis out there to get abused by Jokic. So I think Brooke Lopez looks pretty good as a center option on DraftKings. Giannis, no matter what site you're on Middleton, make sure you're aware of the pricing. Definitely. Yeah. Middleton looks uh, like a, a much better play on FanDuel as you mentioned. And then Brawl on DraftKings at $4,100 price tag. Maybe that's that cheap center that, that we might need today. Yeah. Um, I ha- I do notice that Connaughton and Portis have been playing decent minutes. A couple of games ago, Portis played 30 minutes, but I feel like that's kind of fluky. Um, do you feel like there's uh, any – I guess he's 5,600 on FanDuel, so I'm guessing you're probably not going to have any Portis. 
No, I'm not going to be getting to any Portis. That that price tag is just truly ludicrous. If yeah. you're going to get to him anywhere, it's going to be on DraftKings. But at the same time, he's basically they don't generally play Lopez and Portis alongside each other. Um, that particular game on the 25th was the case, but normally this is just either a straight 48 or maybe even slightly less than that. So I've got Lopez in for 28. I've got uh, Portis in for 20. And at that point in time, I probably wouldn't get to any Bobby Portis. Agreed. Now the last game we got Phoenix at LA. Um Phoenix, uh, we have Dario Saric questionable today. That doesn't seem like it will be a huge factor, um, although maybe Aiden gets a couple more if he's out. But uh, I'm not seeing a ton here. The Lakers are a tough matchup. Paul, uh, he's been solid this year, but, um, I mean, until we get maybe Booker or Aiden or Paul out, I don't see a ton of fantasy plays. What are you, what are you seeing for Phoenix tonight? Uh, we're in the exact same boat. Nobody that stands out that much. I can say there's not really any ownership coming into Phoenix unless they have injuries. These guys have been playing sort of the same rotations, the same minutes. Everything is really consistent about Phoenix. And when you have that happen over a week or two weeks, the salaries just become where they're supposed to be. And it becomes really difficult to squeeze value out of a Chris Paul, out of a Booker. You really need to pace up. You, like you really need Phoenix to play Washington or something where you can get a couple extra possessions, some really bad D we have Chris Paul in slightly double digits in ownership on FanDuel, but uh, in the teens on DraftKings. Cam Johnson for 3,300 on DK is the only other guy in double digits. And I see all of these guys as like 10 percenters. I, I can't focus on any one specific Phoenix guy. I would say that I would expect to have, you know, one of Paul or Booker or Aiton or Bridges rotating through a lot of my lineups but there's not a single guy on Phoenix where I'd be like, that's the guy that you should focus on today. The matchup is too difficult. The Lakers defense is solid, even without Anthony Davis, the game total on this one is ultra low. This is not a good late night hammer. It's a great basketball (laughs) game. Well, it could be a great basketball game. Lakers aren't as good uh, without AD, but uh, not as great of a fantasy game. I agree. Yeah. I might stack this one in the showdown slate and leave it at that. There you go. (laughs) But Paul on on drafting as a Fanduel, he's probably the one guy that that looks like a decent play at seventy five hundred on drafting, seventy nine on Fanduel, just like kind of that mid price point guy that usually there aren't a ton of great plays. Um, Aiden looks playable. Beyond that, man, I'm not I'm not seeing anyone that I I wonder like okay, so I'm thinking this through Kaminsky. If AD was playing, like I feel like maybe that would be a spot where he could see some more minutes, but he's been starting, but he's not getting the minutes. But on occasion, he does. So do you, would you take any shots there? I'm, I'm kind of leaning not to. No, I don't think so. They have so many different dudes that they can put there, even if Saric is out, whether it's more minutes to Crowder, Kaminsky, Cam Johnson. They, they have options. They can go slightly smaller, get Eton Moore, uh, Abdel Nader out there for a little bit more time. I, I just, I don't see much that you can squeeze out of this Phoenix team right now. But boy, are they good. <laughs> yeah. Um, on, the, on the Lakers side, I mean, LeBron with no AD has been a pretty decent fantasy option. Yeah. But his price has gone up. He's 10.7K on DraftKings, 10.8K on FanDuel. 
And then the matchup is negative. So I feel like um, this might not be the best night to target LeBron. How are you handling LeBron tonight? Uh, with kid gloves, I guess. 10 uh, 8 on FanDuel. Again, it's always going to look a little bit different between FanDuel and DraftKings just because of having to roster two guys. So I prefer LeBron on FanDuel to DK. I, th- I would just rather pay up to somebody like Giannis or Jokic on DraftKings over LeBron in this spot. Um, so LeBron is really the only guy that I would be looking at on FanDuel. I see the rest of this team as pretty much not interesting. Maybe a little bit of Kyle Kuzma for 5,300 is okay. On DK, I'm not even as interested in LeBron. Montrez Harrell's minutes have been a little weird, but uh, I don't see him as anything other than filler. Schroeder, I don't see as anything other than filler. $3,400 Markeith Morris. If he gets another start, that's another spot where you can find a little bit of value. Hasn't been very good. 0.67 FanDuel points per minute over the last 30 days. He's not a great per minute performer anyway, even if we're just stretching that range out past 30 days. But at 3,400, if he's a starter, that's really the only sort of value I see coming from LA. Yeah, there's not much here uh, as it stands. So I think this one will be tough to get to. I'm looking at the no house advantage props and I'm seeing some value there at least because I'm, I'm seeing they have LeBron's rebound prop as 9.5 and his assist prop at 9.5. I'm kind of honing in on this assist prop because I feel like the Lakers, they're only projected to score 108 points today. That's well below average. So I'm thinking now that Schroeder is back, he's going to take some assists. Do you, do you see value in that 9.5 assist prop for LeBron? You're looking at the under? Yeah. I have him projected for eight and a half assists. So I think that I am uh, right there with you. I would be more interested in taking the under now that Schroeder is back. Nice. So that's, uh, that'll be a, maybe you can get some light night hammer action on no house <laughs> advantage. So that <laughs> sweat fun. those assist props in the late night hammer. That's some degenerate <laughs> stuff. Oh, it's, it's midnight. And I got to make sure that LeBron doesn't throw an assist in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Those prop bets, especially if you take the under, can be exhilarating. Um, So it's a lot of fun. Now, the rest of the Lakers, I don't. I I think we're in agreement that there's there's not much here until we see another injury or something. Because yeah, so I think this uh, we covered all the games here. Nice little six gamer with that postponed game. Now I feel like this one. As it stands, it could be a lot tougher without some better value opening up to build a lineup. How are you feeling about the lineup construction today overall? I think it's a little tricky. Um, we don't have, I don't see a ton of different spots that we can get a lot of additional value from. We have enough pay up options that it seems like you do want to, you're going to need to get to at least one of that, you know, Giannis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron type tier probably to that Paul George Kawhi Leonard price point is really going to bring their ownership up. So maybe even trying to get away from those guys slightly is the way to get different, but you're going to, you're probably going to have a guy or two in these lineups today that you are not at all comfortable with just based on the way that this slate looks. So on a day like today, I hope that it stays hard. Those are the days that I prefer the most. Uh, I want to, I feel like I've got a better shot on a day like that. It's not fun, but Right now, yeah, this looks like a, a pretty tricky slate as we slowly get ourselves into the All-Star break. What, what are you seeing? Do you, are you Is this the type of slate that you like, don't like? 
Yeah, this is the funny thing about these slates is I feel like I like my lineups less, but everyone has that same feeling. So yeah. it actually can be an advantage where like if you know how to adjust for a slate where there's not value, you can you can really play the ownerships more. Now we did get one last super chat here from Mr. Pibb. So thanks, Mr. Pibb. Uh, he says considering that Phoenix will be traveling on the L8PP, how do you think that will affect the slate? I don't even understand what it, maybe it's I eight PP in Pacific Parkway. I eight PP. Oh wow! Damn it! <laughs> I love that he made that joke and he didn't get you with it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, that was hard to read off. So, uh, well, thanks, Mr. Pip, for the super chat. We will read anything for money. I've got a, uh, a lot of content going on for the rest of today. So got a couple of other sports uh, in the afternoon, PGA strategy at 2 p.m. Eastern with Ben and okay. Tim. Then we have the NHL show at 3 p.m. with Jake and Terry. And then the game plan is also at 3 p.m. That's our NBA premium stream with Sean Zahn, building some lives using the uh, premium content to do that. Oh, we got a super chat here from James Anderson. Thanks, James. Uh, no question attached. And then, um, we, of course, we have you covered with a lot of NBA content leading up to lock from 4 p.m. Eastern on, and then the late slot, uh, late slate swap and sweat show, the show with the best name in the industry. So, <laughs> guys, uh, thank you for tuning in here. Uh, I got a nice slate today. Uh, thanks, No House Advantage, for the sponsorship. If you haven't already downloaded their app, make sure to check them out and use the promo code AWESOMO for $20 uh, deposit match. And guys, uh, good luck tonight.